right, so I'm currently on the phone with Ari. He's another musician that reached out about the interview series. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the chance to introduce himself. Hi, my name is Ari Koinama, and I am a Japanese-born guitar player, songwriter, YouTuber. Um, I've written a lot of blog entries as well over the years. Um, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota, and um, I have a music out under the name Aristotle's Hope, and I just released a new uh, concept album. Um, uh, this is, uh, you know, we're in middle of November 2022, and it came out on uh, November 1st, so fairly recently that I've been working on for the last um, uh, couple of years. So that's the big sort of a accomplishment lately. Awesome. Very cool. Um, so I will, we'll definitely touch base on that in, you know, a few minutes here. Um, but with these interviews, I always kind of like to touch base, you know, in the beginning, when did you first find music? What about it kind of reached into you and made you want to participate in it? So, um, it was always something that I think was in my life in that, like, I there was a cassette tape that my mother had of when I was like three years old. And I was living in Japan at the time. I'm originally from Japan. Um, and uh, it's me singing this children's song from our fourth floor apartment balcony, like to the world, apparently. <laughs> and and um, I think that, you know, from the grade school, I, I knew I was good at it. I think it was in the um, middle school age when I actually thought that there was something to it in that um, until then, even though I knew I was good at it and I took some piano lessons at the urging of my mother, um, I didn't think too much of it. Um, and then I encountered rock and roll and specifically uh, rock and roll in English. So, you know, music from US and UK, basically, um, that I encountered when I was living down in Brazil at the time. And then, I don't know, something just really hooked in me. And uh, from then, um, I've been, um, that's been just like my life's, you know, biggest passion. Okay. And so um, I assume at some point, um, you know, being exposed to music, you decided that you wanted to start also creating music. So how did you kind of, you know, take your first steps into that? Uh, you know, what instrument did you select for yourself? Did you think about writing like vocal melodies or lyrics? How did you approach it? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um so, yeah, being exposed to rock and roll at that age, I gravitated toward guitar. I got my first guitar when I was 16, and it was a classical guitar. So it wasn't quite what I was thinking about initially, but um, shortly thereafter, I got my first electric guitar. And, and um, um, something else happened was that... Um, um, so I was living in Brazil at the time, going to an international school, um, and that was the first time I started actually like a, uh, functioning in English speaking environment. And during the summer, my parents sent me to, uh, uh, acquaintance in us in Iowa of all places. Um, and I worked at a summer, summer camp, uh, church camp. And uh, so there were opportunities to play the guitar at campfire and things like that. And so 
in that environment, music is a very integral part of what we do. And so I got my first sort of chops, basically playing the guitar at campfires, accompanying camp song, camp songs every night. And it still forms a important part of my style. Um, but then, you know, I also got exposed to all the music at the time. And then, um, um, in that environment, you know, a lot of the lyrics, you know, message driven music was used, uh, quite a bit. And I was really taken by how, um, you know, music, uh, help us feel very strongly. And in particular, there's an album by Michael W. Smith called the big picture. And then he wrote a whole album addressing different sort of concerns that a teenager would have. And I was like, wow, that is so cool. And it just meant a lot to me to have that album. It just like, you know, this artist and the music, you know, knew a lot of like what I was going through at the time. And so, so yeah, from that point, I was like, well, maybe I can write something on my own. And I wrote my first uh, complete song when I was 18 on piano, like Michael Davis Smith did. But um, yeah, so I, I, um, I've been writing songs ever since then, and I, 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 I mostly like to, even though I'm a guitar player, uh, write vocal songs, and uh, I put a lot of thoughts into my lyrics and stuff too. <laughs> sure, sure. So you you mentioned uh, playing guitar at uh, camp, but tell me a bit about uh, going to um, school in Brazil. Um, what's their music program like? What was your experiences with it? Yeah, so that's the thing. There wasn't one. Um, it was a small-ish, though not small. Like it was a few hundred students, but from like K through twelve, um, and uh, they didn't have much of an arts program. Maybe they had art class. I know they had no music. Um, so I, I missed out on the whole high school band, orchestra, choir type things that uh, a lot of Americans. Have opportunity to so all i had was just um you know uh, i had piano lessons guitar lessons uh which i i had a little bit of and and just listening to music on cassette at the time okay and you just you just use that as the tool to kind of teach yourself the instrument i guess yeah and then yeah yeah having the summer camp to sort of uh actually play and perform really helped Sure, definitely. So um, take me through uh, the next steps then. Once you kind of you know figured out that you do like to write, uh, how, how you like to write, well, how did you kind of approach um, you know, identifying the type of content that you wanted to write and then also getting to the point where you were producing that content? So the next step was that um, I had a choice to go to college either between going back to Japan or coming to US. And uh, I wanted to come to US mostly because again, I was really quite smitten with the idea of making rock music in English um, because I listened to Japanese rock and at that point, Japanese rock didn't connect with me the same way that rock music in English did. So, I, you know, and then I wanted to study music and, and then that's another really long story, but I ended up at St. Olaf College in, in Northfield, Minnesota, which is a good classical music school. 
um, I I didn't know how that would play into what I wanted to do because I was into rock and roll, like I said. Uh, but my parents basically said, you know, don't don't go to like a pop music, you know, school, you know, get a real education. So that's kind of was a middle ground. And I, you know, uh, and, and I, I would say that music education at Saint Olaf did give me really solid background in that, uh, you know, a lot of the foundation of music theory still applies. I discovered I have perfect pitch and I was really good with your training. Um, and um, all the, the uh, you know, compose, I, I focused on composing so I can, you know, write music for, um, you know, orchestra uh, instruments and things like that. And I mean, these are all skills that still very much come in handy to this day. Um, so, you know, and then, and then to be able to incorporate some classical music stuff into rock stuff is just as cool too. So um, <laughs> that played really well. Um, although, you know, I mean, it wasn't directly exactly what I wanted to do, or it may have been different if I went to like a, uh, musicians Institute or Berkeley college of music, you know, that was more of a, you know, popular music type environment. But anyway, you know, what I got, what I could out of that music. And from there, I think my story is, uh, you know, um, I don't know. It's probably similar to a lot of people out there. It's just you get out in the real world and get a job and try to find projects and bands and try different things and hope that, you know, one of them leads to another place. I, I moved to Austin, Texas and lived there for a while, um, hoping that the music scene there had opportunities for me. Um, it's basically, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, going through different, places and just knocking on different doors. I had uh, stints at uh, scoring independent mu uh, film, um, or I produced other people's music on my home studio, and I try like uh, transcribing some guitar parts um, and publishing it and things like that. And, um, um, you know, one, one way or another, like I would try these things and then inevitably I hit a wall somewhere and, and then I'm like, oh, um, I need to change direction. And so I have like a wandering long list of credits that are sort of very, you know, to, to put it positively, it's diverse and varied. But, um, you know, realistically, you know, if I had focused on uh, one direction or another, it, you know, it may have gone farther. Sure. So, well, on that note, let's uh, talk about your concept album. At some point, you did uh, sit down and put the time and energy into uh, creating a full album. So um, let's talk about that. What was the development process like? Um, what was it about? Um, give me some details. Yeah. So my album is a concept album. So it's like a, you know, progressive rock in that the songs are longer and more complicated. Um, uh, and and that uh, I think it's it has some of the influence from the like the progs you know like a Godfather's like Genesis and Yes and those guys but also has more like a raw guitar rock of 90s um, uh, in in the in, uh, forefront as well. But so the idea of concept album to me is like well the idea of an album right um i am always a believer that if you're putting out an album the songs hopefully have a reason to be in a group together and the album to be a larger 
you know, body of work rather than some random, you know, songs you have in your canon at the time kind of thing. And um, so that's that that's always there. And this is the second time I do a full length album. Uh, I did another one in 2007. But uh, this time I came, it came out of my um, desire. So I had been, you know, YouTube doing YouTube uh, seriously for uh, uh, two, three years at that point, uh, back in 2019 or so. But I went through a major life, uh, midlife crisis, and um, I uh, ended up, uh, uh, you know, getting out of the marriage. Um, and and uh, I moved out on my own, and then and then <laughs> luck would have it that a few months later the world had its crisis of its own in the pandemic, and so I um, you know kind of started writing songs as kind of uh, as a part of therapeutic um, you know uh, journey kind of thing. And I, I felt that there were certain songs coming out with, you know, certain content. And, and then after a while, I was like, wow, I think I think I need to turn this into an album because um, it just there's something to capturing that moment. You know, it's it's and, and the world is going through a particular moment. And I don't I, I didn't want to be. I, you know, I think there's a fine balance, balancing act as an artist that we can make in terms of, you know, hoping to create something that's timeless and relevant that, you know, can can still be relevant in years to come, but at the same time, putting in whatever is that of the time to say, hey, you know, this is not some generic statement. This is, you know, a, a point in time on a very specific, very personal experience, you know? So, um, yeah, so my, my album has a kind of a loose story. It's not like a concrete story with characters and, uh, and, and, and like a, a setting or anything like that, but it's kind of an arc about, you know, one person's sort of descent into existential crisis. And then uh, there's a, a, a suicidal thought at the very bottom of it. And then there is a resolution at the end. So it, it does get, you know, kind of dark, but that's that's what I needed to put out. <laughs> sure. It definitely fits like the vein of music you said that you were trying to make too. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, so what are uh, some of your favorite memories of the time that you've been making music, whether it be, you know, back in, uh, you know, at summer camp playing guitar or working on uh, this album? What are some things that like stick out and keep you motivated? So one one memory that stands out is when I was in college and I got into my first real band, which was a cover band. Um, and then the uh, lead singer was the captain of the football team. So he had a lot of uh, following. And uh, we would basically show up at these parties and play. And at one time, we, we actually were rented a venue in town. And I think there were like, I don't know, several hundred people there. And we had a great crowd and everybody was having a good time. And I was just having the time of my life performing. And I was not of age at the time, so I didn't have a drip, drop, you know, I didn't wasn't drinking or anything. But I remember feeling afterwards like, 
collapsing on stage because I had poured everything I had into performing. And then people thought I was drunk, but I was like, no, I was not drunk at all. I was just so spent playing and performing. And, but then it was like the most exhilarating experience uh, of, of playing and having people be excited to be there and having a good time and them reacting and all that. And I think that's one of the experiences that still kind of drives me is like, you know, to create that experience of performing. Yeah, that's, that's a very cool um, experience. Excellent. Do you have any others you want to throw out there? Um, I'm trying to think what else will kind of stand in my mind. And then there was another era around 2005 when I had a very intense musical period in which I, you know, I had a young daughter and I was in between jobs and I got two gigs, one, um, uh, gig to, uh, score a whole feature length independent film. I don't, I don't know if uh, you know anything about filmmaking, but like, you know, uh, just as it is really hard for the, uh, musicians to make a full length album, but like making a f- feature length film is just like even 10 times harder. And um, I had a, a gig scoring a film and and I also had a gig uh, producing a full length album by a Celtic folk artist I met at the same time. And I, I I don't exactly remember, I mean, know how I managed to balance all those out. But I remember like, you know, going to bed with my family early on and then waking up in the middle of the night and working on the music for a few hours with headphones and then going back to bed and that kind of thing. You know, I can't probably never do anything like that anymore. But, you know, I was younger at the time and, you know, just really intensely creative. So... Awesome. Well, uh, where can people check out the stuff that you are creating and, you know, listen to it and follow you? Yeah. So again, I have a YouTube uh, channel just under my name, Ari Koenima. And then everybody can find my music. I put out as Ari Soto's Hope on uh, Spotify and uh, Apple Music and um all those places. So I guess those would be the two main places that I would point. And then, you know, of course, I'm on all the major social media platforms. I'm very findable. <laughs> sure, definitely. Um, so I always like to give the person I'm interviewing their chance to just put out a message that you resonate with. So, you know, just something that you vibe with that you want to put out there. Okay. So what I'm most passionate about is, again, um, um, it might sound a little corny, but the power of music to to make us feel something. And um, as somebody you know who has experience with like mental health issues and things like that, I'm um, really um, well. It's it's not news to anybody who loves music, but you know how profoundly mu- moving and therapeutic music is or can be. And I you know I um, I think that there's a lot there that, you know, as much as, you know, the music's being around still, you know, that is not, not tapped deeply enough in terms of, um, how, you know, we have these, um, feelings that we're carrying around and then how music help us to kind of dig them out and feel them. And after that words, you have kind of a cathartic or therapeutic experience and um and from a musician side i think that there's a lot of missed opportunities in terms of 
you know, how you maximize the impacts of the music you're creating. Um, I, I kind of listen to other people's music and, 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 and a lot of things come to me right away in terms of, oh, uh, you know, that bit, you know, could have been aligned a little bit more this way or that bit kind of takes you out the moment and takes you in a different direction, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I'm just really interested in making music and, um, and, and, you know, with, with, with the intent of sort of creating, you know, a powerful experience and that, uh, um, you know, I hope to uh, talk more about that on my YouTube channel and hope uh, people can sort of find that, you know, there's a lot of thought that going to the music I write and produce. So uh, with that, you know, kind of focus in mind.